Okay, Shalom Bracha, Shavua Tov, everybody. Nice to be back here in Montreal, Baruch Hashem. So we are going to go into um, ideas from Rabbi Nachman's Lesson 24. And the class is divided into two. We have the introduction, the whole idea. And then at the end, the follow-up, which is called the 40-day challenge, Bezat Hashem, on everything we're going to speak about today. It starts like this. Rabbi Nachman says, clearly, that every Jew <coughs> must strive to do mitzvot besimcha, because that is the only key, really, to get out of what a person is stuck in. You should know that the life of a Jew is, sound, is surrounded 24-7 with mitzvot. We have mitzvot every time we turn, like we say, Rabbi Hananya ben Akasha Omer, right? Rabbi Hananya ben Akasha says, Hashem wanted to give merit to the Jewish people, so he gave them a, a lot of Torah and mitzvot. Rav Nosen, Rabbi Natani asks, that's a merit, that's a burden. <laughs> you have so many mitzvot, and that's his. Hashem wanted to give merit to the Jewish people, so he gave them a lot of, a lot of mitzvot. That's, that's a burden. What do you tell you that he, that he wanted to give a schut? So he says, Rav Nosen, he says, Rabbi Natan, that because there's so many mitzvot, whenever a Jew turns, he does any move, whether consciously or subconsciously, there's a mitzvah activated. If you take a look at the very beginning of the Mishnah Bura, the very first paragraph, what's called the Biur Halacha, he brings down six mitzvot that a Jew can do constantly just by thought. By thinking of Hashem in a certain way, you're accredited to a mitzvah. Just to show you that a Jew is constantly filled with mitzvot this whole day. So because of that, Rabbi Nachman's famous statement, mitzvah gedola, lehot besimcha, tamid, always, because you're always surrounded in interaction with mitzvot. Whether you know it, whether you don't know it. Sometimes you're walk, walking across the street and, and you open the door for an old lady or you wait and cross. All these tiny things, they're an extension of an extension of an extension of a mitzvah and you get credited to the mitzvah. So a Jew's life is packed solid with mitzvot. He has to be careful, of course, when the averot take place, chas shalom. But the idea that the mitzvot have the upper hand is true. Mida tova meruba. The good always has the upper hand. But he says, Rabbi Nachman, that a Jew needs simcha. What's going on here? What's the idea of simcha? First of all, what's the idea of a mitzvah? The mitzvah, if you take a look at the letters, you have mem, tzadik, vav, hey. Okay? In the mem, tzadik, vav, hey is hinted Hashem's name, yud, ke, vav, ke. The Vav He of Mitzvah is corresponding, correlating to the Vav K of Yud Vav K. Mem Tzadik in what's called Atbash. Atbash is a type of gematria. We take the 22 letters of the Hebrew alphabet and fold them in two. So 11 and 11. So now the first letter folds with and corresponds to the last letter. So Aleph is Tav, Bet is Shin, Gimel is Resh. Like that, Mem turns out to be Yud and Tzadik turns out to be K. So in the mitzvah, this is crazy to say this, but it's unbelievable. When you do a mitzvah, when you're holding a mitzvah, when you're reciting, you are connecting directly to Hashem, Yudke Vavke. It's not an exaggeration to say that when you have tefillin in your hands, or etchel gendulav in your hands, you're holding Yudke Vavke in your hands. When you say a bracha, and it's even a rabbanan, even it's a tolada, but it's a mitzvah, you are now connecting to the essence of Yudke Vavke. The thing is, only the Vavke part of Hashem is revealed in this world. The Mem Tzadik is hiding, because that's our goal. The goal, this is a bit of, of an introduction. What are we doing here? The goal of why we are here is to make Hashem's presence known. That is almost impossible because Hashem is called the infinite light. He's called the Ein Sof Baruch Hu, which means only He's around. And this world, Olam, which comes from the grammar of Ha'alama, concealment, is 180 degrees opposite of Yudke Vavke, of Hashem. It's concealing Hashem. 
The whole thing, you probably remember from the Kabbalah, that when Hashem wanted to create the world, there was what's called the Tzimtzum, Panui, the vacated space, all these ideas you may have heard of, that before creation, Hashem was everywhere. And Hashem wanted to reveal His goodness. But if Hashem is everywhere, who is the recipient to experience His goodness? If Hashem is good, if there's no recipient, what is it, what is it worth? So Hashem, as if to say, He made a hollow space inside of Him, empty of His presence, and in this empty, vacated space, he created the creation, the worlds. And so it's empty, it's empty of Hashem, and yet he created a creation, and our goal is to make Hashem's presence known in this concealment of the world. For Hashem, the greatest accomplishment is that from the physicality of this world, he becomes revealed. This is in line with what Chazal teaches us, that when Mashiach comes, all the Chagim will cease to ex- exist except for Purim. Right? Why? Because the miracle of Purim was far greater than the miracle of Yetziat Mitzrayim. Yetziat Mitzrayim, where you see the splitting of the Red Sea and the ten plagues, you're not going to believe? Of course you're going to believe on a supernatural miracle. For sure. The Chidush is, in the Teva, the timing of Achashverosh and Mordechai and Esther and Haman, the whole story of the divine providence, and you got to be stupid not to see Hashem playing the game, but Hashem is not mentioned once in Megillat Esther, yet He's behind the scenes. For Hashem, this is the greatest, greatest accomplishment. This is why Rabbi Nachman said that when Mashiach comes, He's going to conquer the entire world without shooting a single missile. You think, Gog Magog, Armageddon, missiles, boom, war. That's not how it's going to happen. He's going to be able, with just the faculty of speech, to conquer to have everyone under his feet. The koach of using the teva, and in the teva, revealing Hashem, this is the greatest accomplishment. This is why we're physical. We eat, we drink, we sleep, we go to work, you walk on the street, you breathe the air, you see the trees and everything. In this physicality, to recognize Hashem, this is what he wants. This is the goal. The goal is, as you are, to connect to Hashem at the highest levels possible, this is the goal, to make two opposites together. This is why the Mem Tzadik of Yud Vavke, corresponding to Yud is concealed under Mem Tzadik. Because you can't reveal directly, you can't expose Yud which is the higher part of Hashem's existence, corresponding to the Ein Sof. You can't reveal that in this world. We have access to the second part, Vavke. We have our connector to the mitzvah. The mitzvah is something which is the interface between this world and Hashem. The word mitzvah comes from commandment, but it's also tzvat, connectors. The mitzvah is connecting this world to Hashem. We, the Jewish people, are the means, by doing the mitzvah, we're the ones connecting this world to Hashem. However, there is the obstacle in front of this, that's the Yetzirah. The Yetzirah doesn't want this to happen. And how does he get this from not happening? He throws people into a turmoil, a tumult, stress, pressure, whatever you're going through, in order to get a person to be sad. Because the whole way the mitzvah goes up is only besimcha. Take a look, parashat kitavo, in two weeks from now. All the curses, 98 curses, Moshe Rabbeinu lists in parashat kitavo. And what does it say? Crazy things, right? You're going to eat chasvam, person's going to eat his children. Crazy things. And then it says, all this will happen because tachat Hashem, lo'avat Hashem, besimcha, uvtuv levav. The verse doesn't say, all this happened because you're not serving Hashem. No. It's because you're not serving Hashem, besimcha. 
Because the key to serving Hashem is doing the mitzvah b'simcha. This is a big smack in the face to the misnagdim who say, where does it say it's a big mitzvah to be happy? I counted the 613 mitzvah. It doesn't say anywhere it's a big mitzvah to be happy. Where does it say? It's one of the 613 mitzvah. Where does it say? Here it is. It's, it's, it's called the mitzvah gedola. Rabbeinu calls it a big mitzvah because it's a cup for the other 613 mitzvot. Where is it? This pasuk. Because you didn't serve Hashem b'simcha v'tuv levav. That's what the verse is saying. Right? This is the cup for the mitzvah. The mitzvah you can do it, but it won't go up unless there's simcha. Hashem has compassion. You can have a Jew for 90 or 100 days, he put on tefillin in Tisha B'Av mode. Very sad. Like every day in routine, route. He put on the tefillin, he did his mitzvah, dead. Comes along one mitzvah that he's happy. It lifts up all the other 200 days that he was dead in dead format and lifts it up. That's why it's important to do a mitzvah as it is. Even if you're depressed and sad, do the mitzvah because the time will stay on the clatter on the side. When you come along to do a mitzvah b'simcha, it pulls up all the other mitzvot with it. There's that famous story of the Baal Shem Tov. You've heard the story before. That the Baal Shem Tov, he was with his students and they came to a little village and it was a big midrash. And they wanted to daven mincha. So the Baal Shem Tov stands at the door he puts his hand in the mezuzah and he freezes. And the Beit Midrash is empty. The student said, Rabbeinu, why aren't you going in? He says, I can't. It's packed solid. They look in, nobody's inside. What do you pack solid? He said, the words of the tefillah of the people stay down. They don't go up because they're dead. Their tefillah is dead. They're davening, but it's a dead format. I have no room to go in. There's no room for me to go in because it's packed with words of prayer. Right? That's the idea that we have to push up. Rabbeinu says here, he's revealing us, it's from the Torah, that the simcha you do a mitzvah with is what pushes the mitzvah upwards. It's so powerful. You should know, I'm going to go off on a little. Rabbeinu Bachye. Rabbeinu Bachye, just by the way, I always like to say this. He's buried, if ever you go to Eretz Yisrael, if you're ever on the way to Meron, you have Chavakuk Hanavi on the main highway to get to Meron. Right? You saw that probably. Chavakuk. And behind Chavakuk, you have Rabbeinu Bachye and his students. This is the Rabbeinu Bachye who wrote the commentary on the Torah as opposed to Rabbeinu Bachya wrote Chovot HaLavavot, he's buried in Sfat. So Rabbeinu Bachi HaLatorah is on the way to, 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 to Meron, if you ever, you ever have a chance. He was a big Kabbalist. Rav Chaim Bital writes, he was one of the main transmissions of the Kabbalah. The Ramban, Rabbeinu Bachi, they were the original, authentic transmission of the Kabbalah. So he writes in his commentary on Parshat Naso, something very beautiful and very long. He learns out the Pasuk about the Avodah of the, of the Leviim. That it says there, the summary of what the, what the Levim did in the, the Mishkan, you have Avodat Masa and Avodat Avodah. Avodat Masa, the schlepping of Merari, of the, the Krashim, the parts of the, of the Mishkan, Kehat, schlepping the parts of the, of the Menorah and the Kodesh Kodashim. And then it says, Avodat Avodah, Rashi says on the spot, what's Avodat Avodah? The service of the Kohanim, which is the Korbanot. And on that, there's another Avodah, What's the second avodah? It's the avodah of the Leviim to activate simcha by playing the music while the korbanot are being offered. So Rabbeinu Bachay learns out that they call the mitzvah of the korbanot avodah and calls the mitzvah of the singing on the korbanot also an avodah. He shows that it, the, the word term avodah means a mitzvah, by the way, in the Torah the, the terminology, that this applies to every mitzvah. What? That in any time you do a mitzvah, for example, you do the mitzvah of tefillin or lulav, so you get one mitzvah for doing the mitzvah. And then, if you do the mitzvah with joy, you get another mitzvah. There's a hidden second mitzvah, hidden behind the first mitzvah, you do it b'simcha. Showing, this is the key for things to go up. This is what's needed. The simcha is the key to push things forward. But like we said, 
the Yitzhahara, he kills a person. His main job is to throw a person into sadness. This is why the Zohar and the Kabbalah calls the domain of the Yitzhahara and the evil Hechal Hatmurot, the chamber of exchanges. They, what do they exchange? They switch everything. They stay, this is how they attack. The Yitzhahara can't fool you if he comes head on, a Gestapo, Esav, Red, and, and with the guns and everything, and he's going to come attack you, he can't fool you then. He can't get you because you're going to run away, obviously. How does he come? Rabbeinu says in lesson number one, he comes with a big strimal, big payas, he comes from the Kedusha itself to get you. Okay? Hechalat Morot means he's exchanging everything, truth with falsehood, pure with impure, holy, unholy, permissible, forbidden, Sadness, joy. He switches the joy to sadness. What is the Yetzirah after? Like Rabbeinu says, it's also in the Gemara, that more than the damage caused by Navira is the guilt and the sadness ensuing after the Avera. This is how the Yetzirah gets a person, is the sadness that comes afterwards. That's what he's after. Because technically, <coughs> there's always room for Tikkun and Tshuva. The Gemara, the famous Gemara, that a person does tshuva out of Ahava, Hashem turns the Averot to Zchuyot, the merits. The Averot are turned out to be merits. The same Averot that a person did, it's now transformed to be a Zchuyot, okay? The same thing he damaged, he's able to fix it. So that we're not concerned about. Tshuva will help for that. What's the damage here? Is the guilt that follows, look what you did, look how you, you know, negative, the, the negative feeling that sort of tries to convince you with all types of ration on arguments, it's finished, it's over, you know, just stay in bed. If you didn't wake up, you're already 10 o'clock, you might as well sleep for another hour. If you already drop, you're already fallen, just take a vacation already and fall in. And the negativity, this is how the Yetzirah gets a person. You should know a person till the, till the day he dies, he's on standby. He's on standby. Meaning what? That any second he does the right tshuva, Hashem can change, he, he has now a death sentence, let's say, karet, chasosh, or anything, he's on standby now. If now he does the right thing, which is to be positive and continue going, even the last minute he can now turn his whole life, which was upside down, into schuyot. When is it, God forbid, off? When do they take him off the standby? You know, when they push him into Gainam and everything? If now he was depressed. The first question they ask when a person goes up to heaven is what? Sipita Rishua. Did you hope for salvation? So what Nachman Tuchiner said, this doesn't just apply to the general salvation that you wait for Mashiach to come, but to you personally. With what you went through in your challenges in life, did you wait for salvation? Did you hold on? Did you keep on going? Did you, we have the joke yesterday, you guys in here. Did you drink 7-Up? 7-Up, we said 7-Up. It's a breast of drink, by the way, 7-Up. We said this yesterday. The 7-Up, that a guy keeps on falling, up, he gets up, okay? Are you a 7-Up drinker? Are you a follower of, of, of hope? Of just keep on getting up in the boxing, boxing match? Or did you just take a vacation where you knocked out? This is what they're looking at in Shemai. What you did is one thing. It's wrong, fine. But there's room to fix it. What's, what's really bad? <sighs> Look at me. Ten years ago, I was getting up chatzot every night. I was doing our dude. I was kodesh kodeshim. I watched my eyes and everything. And now look at me. I'm a fat batata. I'm getting nowhere in life. I'm this. I'm a shlamazal, a schlepper. <sighs> and the person, is, he eats himself. He eats his heart out. And he comes to David and he, he doesn't try anymore. Because what, why should I try? I'm not going to get smacked again. Why should I? The person is so down, so negative, the Yetzirah won him. Hechalat Mura. This is the exchange chambers. 
He switched the simcha into atzvut. He did the job. Rabbeinu says in this lesson 24 that if you have the schut to do the mitzvot with such a joy, then this mitzvah takes off like a NASA space shuttle. And it says it wakes up everything in creation. Everything wakes up because of your tiny mitzvah that you did with Simcha. If you look at Rav Nosson's beautiful prayer on this lesson, he lists 40 items that wake up from a person's mitzvah. Olam Atzilut, Olam Beria, Asira, Yetzira, Galgalim, Chashmalim, Sarafim, Banim Ubanot, Zekinim Unearim, Umot HaOlam, Lachim, everybody wakes up. On a practical level, what does this mean? If you are a happy person, Hashem opens the doors for you. There's, there's things moving. Everyone is helping, everyone's conducive to your, to your vibes, the positive vibes that you cause the mitzvah to take off with. Now the mitzvah has now a repercussion of potential good, and now everything in the creation now is moving in your favor now. Doors are opening now because you're so positive. I heard recently a story of a mother and daughter who went through the whole Holocaust together, and they survived from beginning to end with her daughter, and her, she was saying she was always cracking up. She was laughing the whole time. And the, Gust and the Nazis were saying, this woman's nuts. Everyone's crying, everyone's sad, everyone. And she was laughing. And her simcha, that she was going, what she was going through, and she saw, she, afterwards she said, what was her joy? Number one, that she saw that in the end, Hashem's going to have His way. In the end, everyone's going to pay for it. And this is also Ratzon Hashem now. This is what Hashem wants. And she was able to drive with it, to go with it. And she was laughing the whole time. And she made it through after Auschwitz and everything. This idea, and they didn't touch her. They, 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 they were amazed by her, or they know they, she, they, she brought simcha to the to the to the entourage, to the Gestapo was there at the time, but she was able to go through with the simcha. This is where Benu says this lesson: when you do a mitzvah b'simcha, it now clears the way that everyone's helping you. This guy opens the door for you. This one, sir, this is your ticket. Here you go, and every, everything is opening up the doors for you. Okay, and then this activates the next level. He says, which now brings down bracha, which everybody wants, bracha. And this bracha, that a person now takes the bracha and then he uses it to perceive Hashem. I want the bracha of understanding. Like King Solomon. King Solomon was given a, by Hashem an offer. Hashem said, I'll give you whatever you want. Give me one request, what do you want? Do you want riches? Do you want this? What does Shlomo say? I want chokhmah. I want the wisdom of Hashem. Hashem gave him that. Because that's the greatest gift you, you can have. Pirkei Avot, if you remember, and it's also the Gemara. And Nadarim, Da'at Kanita, Machasarta, Da'at Chasarta, Makanita. If you have Da'at, you have everything. And if you don't have da'at, what do you have? You have da'at, Hashem gives you a 50 square meter house and toast and cream cheese and, and hummus for breakfast and lunch and supper and you're good with it. Great. The other guy, he has a four-door garage, five Lamborghinis, a big house, but he doesn't have da'at. He's always complaining. He's always upside down. He's always negative. You have everything. No, I hate Smurfs. You know, it's very negative. <laughs> <laughs> Remember Smurfs? There was always one who was like, ah, I hate Smurfs. Remember that guy? <laughs> okay, it's always negative, right? <laughs> well, you, have, you have a nice house, Lamborghini. No, I ain't Smurfs. Everything's upside down. <laughs> okay, so this is the thing now. If you have the bracha of that, by the way, the Tikkun Ezor says, what's Baruch? What's Bet Resh Vav Chaf? Baruch is Birkot Rosh Umekor Kol. The real bracha is the bracha of the intellect, Birkot Rosh, and that automatically is Mekor Kol. When Hashem gives you bracha, be smart, don't be an idiot, don't ask for the big parnasan, ask Bichlal Matai Mane, ask big, the high thing. What's the big bracha? Like we see by Yaakov Avinu when he blessed the Fahim Minashe, Sikel et Yadav. He said, there's the switching, but it says Sikel, which is Sechel. 
the main bracha that Yaakov gave to Ephraim and Asher is the bracha of the Sechel, the brain. Nachon it's sikel et yadav. He purposely, the pshat is he switches hands. But it says in the verse, Sechel, that the bracha that he gave was a bracha of intellect. You want to say that he switches hand? Say it another word. Why in the bracha itself, sikel et yadav? The bracha is in the hands, and the verse says, sikel et yadav, because the main bracha is the bracha of Sechel. Because like when you have Sechel, that you have everything else. And this is the platform to receive access to the infinite light, which means you can be a Jew walking in this physical world, eating a kosher hamburger, going to work, going to street, going to and doing your things, and yet you can connect to Hashem at the highest of levels. That's what Hashem wants, two opposites. That a person is pashut with tamim, that's why Rebbeinu stressed tamimut pshitut, because this is the way to connect. You can be a Jew walking in this world, right? You're, you're moving around, and yet, your head is elsewhere. Your feet are on the ground, but your, your ladder, your, the top of your ladder is mamash, you're connected. You can be joking and this with people and in, in, in interaction, but your head is, you're, you're connected, you're plugged in. That's what Hashem wants. He wants that a person can reveal the Ein Sof in the day-to-day nitty-gritty. It's the greatest accomplishment. Even in the Kedusha world, fine. It's important to aim to be as much as possible in the Beit Midrash, in the Beit Knesset. But Hashem made us human beings. You have to relieve yourself. You have to eat. You have to sleep. You have to change diapers. You have to be with your kids. You have to have parnasa. You have to go. You have to be in and out. Judaism is called mate vela mate. You're in and out. That's how it is for everything. No one is in 24-7. Tzadikim, Rabbeinu says it's tzadikim. Even when they're out, they're considered technically in. But we're, we're in and out and we feel it. Our goal is when we're in and out, when we go to the mundanity of the world, to be plugged in, to be plugged in. This is through the bracha, which is if you ask, we get a sechel, and this bracha is through simcha. Doing the mitzvah with simcha affords you a lot in life, affords you that you are connected. As opposed to the attitude of Hashem, help me, I'm crying, like being negative, what's going to boost you more than anything else is the simcha. The goal, the Hussein breast of this famous thing, you know, we have 24 hours a day, you've heard it many times, we have 22 hours a day, Purim, and one hour, Yom Kippurim, Kippurim, one hour, Yom Kippur is the hour that you take time to feel about the pain of what you're going through, to confess in front of Hashem, to do vidui, to, to examine what you're doing. But it's called Kippurim. Why Kippurim? Like Purim, to show what's here, Ikar, what's Tafel, what's the main and what's secondary. The main is the Purim, and the Yom Kippur is like, it's under, it's subservient to Purim. You got that? What is Purim? The attitude, Purim attitude, Purim mentality, is being happy. It's like, oh, look at these breasts of resistance right here. He's like, come sign, the papillon comes out. That's one expression, fine, okay. But how you are for the 23 hours, how you go to work, right? How do you go to work? Happy. How you eat, are you happy? How do you daven, are you happy? How you go to the mikveh, are you happy? How you go to sleep, how you eat, how you interact? The attitude you have the whole day, you can't always be, <laughs> but yeah, there has times for that, okay? But the attitude of the day is to be besimcha. And he says, Rabbeinu, clearly, in Rabbi Nachman's wisdom, he says, if you manage to be truly besimcha, then it's easier to open up your heart, to open up your heart to Hashem, and vice versa. If now you have an open heart and you want to be besimcha and you can't, if you break your heart to Hashem, this also could bring to simcha. A leads to B, B leads to A. Okay, great. Now what to do? Simcha, simcha, simcha. What to do? So Rabbeinu, Rav Nosen, they give many advices. Last time we were here, we spoke about Omar Darlin. Omar Darlin, we making jokes and everything. And finally, okay. Yet Rabbeinu gives another powerful itza when a person is rock bottom low and he doesn't know where to begin. 
one powerful etzah that is accessible to every Jew. Already? His etzah for activating simcha, especially at the beginning of the day, when you just woke up and you drink the coffee and it's not helping the coffee and you're still and you're going to davening with a attitude, a tisha attitude, you need a boost. This boost, he says, believe it or not, is saying the ktorit. The ktorit is something that should never, ever, ever be skipped. The Ben Yishchai, along with other poskim, it's in the Shulchan Aruch, that if you're late for davening, what do you skip? What do you not skip in order to be in tune with the chazan? With the, with the, with the, with the tzibur, to have, to have the davening part of the minyan, there's parts of davening that you can skip. It's not, it's, not, it's not recommended. You should come earlier for davening. But if now you're late, you sh- there are parts you can skip, parts you should not. Ben Yishchai says you never, ever skip the ktorit. Some people, you see, it's, it's unfortunate the mentality we have today. What time is davening? Well, hodu is at 7.30. Hodu. What happened to the beautiful Moroccan davening? We start, you know, Adon Olam or uh, Akedah. They say Akedah is at, at 7. No, we say it's hodu. So what happens subconscious in your mentality? When you know Hodu is at 7.30, you go there for 7.30, and your davening starts at Hodu because that's what's made as an ikar by the, by the community, by the tzibur and everything. What happened to Ktoret? Ktoret, he says, is the key for bringing simcha. Let's go into the Ktoret a little. Ktoret has 11 fragrances, okay? 11 fragrances are 10, which have a good smell, and one, Galben and Chelbena, has a, has a bad reach. He says, the Arizal says this, and the Zohar says this also, Rabbeinu is just bringing down from their sources, that the Ktoret and the Beit HaMikdash, let's go after, before we write the recitation. What did the Ktoret do? Any Kedusha, which was taken, or it's trapped by the, by the, by the other side, so it has to be, it's, it's, it's taken in what's called the Ten Kitrin Dim Sa'avuta, the Ten Crowns of Impurity. Okay, in other words, there's ten levels of impurity, which, by the way, correspond to the ten sons of Haman. Ten sons of Haman, they have a correspondence. Haman being number 11, he's like the Galben and the Chilbena. And Haman was the interface to try to take the Kedusha into the Klippa. That's why the ten sons. There's, we make such a big deal in the Megillah story of the Asarid Bnei Haman, right? Because they're the ones who received what was taken from Haman from the Jewish people. Haman, by the way, I know I'm going to pour him a little, but Haman is rooted in the tree of knowledge of good and evil. Remember, Hamina Etz. Adam, Hashem asked Adam, could it be Hamina et from the tree that I told you not to eat? Did you eat? So the Gemara says, Haman mina Torah mina, and Haman is rooted in the tree of knowledge of good and evil. That's why he's so dangerous. He's very, 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 what's the word slick? He's very, you know, very, no, there's the word um, clever. No, there's a way that they don't have a, there's a word in English. It'll come, it'll come. He knows how to, sl- to, to slip around and get a person. That's Haman. He's a klipa, he knows how to, uh, he's the essence of the hechalatmur, the exchange of chambers, because he's, he's from the bad of the tree of knowledge of good and bad, I meaning he knows how to exchange and switch a person's psychology and get him trapped. So Haman is totally evil, that's his bad, he's the bad of the tree of knowledge of good and evil, so he's like the galbanim, and his sons are the opposite exactly of the ten spheres of Kedusha, the ten utterances of the creation, okay? So how it works is when Kedusha is stolen and prevented and kept in the klipa, it passes through this klipa called Chalbena. Chalbena stands at the bottom of the Kedusha and it takes it to the ten. What the Torah does, it's unbelievable what it does. It kills the ten crowns of impurity, kills them, extracts the Kedusha that is stuck there, and then through the Chalbena, which is the opposite of Haman, goes in and brings it back to the Kedusha. Unbelievable. You might ask me a good question, by the way. 
then what's the difference between this and the Tikkun Akali? Good question. The Torah is so powerful, look what it does. Doesn't the Chorah Tikkun Akali do the same thing? There's an answer on the side. There's what's called Tikkun and Tshuva to do what you have to do. Ktoret comes before davening and really before all the mitzvot of the day. We said at the beginning of the day the Ktoret because for the simcha needed to do mitzvot, you need the simcha that's trapped. Ktoret does that. Ktoret brings out the simcha. The verse reads, the verse is from Bishle. When I say just by reading it, it's Wait, we didn't get there yet. Wait, wait, wait. We're still now just on the Ktoret as it was. It's the hardest part of the talk. Yeah, yeah, okay, fine. All right, that's why I have to daven about that. The verse reads, Ktoret. Yesamach Lev. The verse reads, Ktoret brings joy to the heart. It's a verse. Ktoret brings joy to the heart. What does it do? It extracts the holiness, which is the Kedusha trapped because of sadness, and then extracts it, adding to a person's joy. And now when you have the joy, you can do Nasa, special. Your mitzvah can go up. Your mitzvah is not going up because you're lacking Simcha. What to do? Ktoret. Ktoret Yesamach Lev. It's, it's able to release what's your potential of the good that's stuck outside in, in the klipa? Bring it out, kill what's preventing it, bring it in and lifting you up. So he teaches, Rabbeinu, in this lesson, that reciting the Torah is, based on this, uh, this equation, one plus one is two, saying Torah brings to the simcha that you need in doing mitzvot. Very simple. So Rav Nosen writes in the bridge, that this is why working on trying to say the Torah with kavana, or the best you can, is your key to have simcha for the entire day. You're activating something at a higher level. This was true in the time of the Beit HaMikdash when there's Ktorot. We don't have the Ktorot in the Beit HaMikdash today. So we have the, the recitation of the Ktorot itself. That's why some people are very careful to do on Klaf. Because there's an opinion that since it's instead of the Ktorot, and we want to be as close, <coughs> and the recitation is as if you're offering it. So if that's the idea, we should recite it in the format of Klaf and Parshiot, because that's such a mitzvah. It's like a chiyuv in a sense, the Ktorot. Because it's, it's part of the davening. So there's an inyan by some, some people to recite it on parchment to give it that extra hidur, that extra strength to do it properly. But this, Rabbeinu says, is a key for joy. This is your key. This is something that you should never skip. Mincha, ashrei, ashrei, again also. What happened to Ktorah and everything? No, 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 I don't have time for Ktorah. I have to jump into the ashrei and catch the davening. When does the minyan start? It starts at 105. What starts at 105? Ashrei. They don't tell you again to come at 1 o'clock to do Ktorah and, 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 and Patach Eliyahu or Lam Natsayach. No. 105 is, is ashrei. But you now make me in a condition, a brain subconscious condition, that I skip the Ktorah again. So these three times are so powerful, the Ktorah, for what they do. On now another level, Ktorah, look at this. Ktoret, if you add the gematria, before this, one second, before this, the Midrash now says something unbelievable. You don't have to go so far. No Zohar, no Kitvari. The Midrash says this. What does Ktoret do for a person? Four things. Kuf, Tet, Resh, Tav. Kuf, Kdusha. Tet, Tahara. Resh, Ratzon. Tav, Tikva. You got that? Ktoret activates for you holiness. Desire, I'm out of it, I'm dead. Ratzon, it gives you ratzon, okay? Skep tahara, purity, okay? And gives you hope, tikva. It's so important not to skip the ktorit. If you know this, you run to say ktorit now. It's something you run to do, okay? It's there to help you. That's the idea of the ktorit. It's not okay, it's just another thing to do. You said it's difficult, it's not. But it's to help you to dove in. 
It's, it gives simcha to your davening. Even if you daven, I can't concentrate. <coughs> but you're in a positive attitude. The, the, the Torah is for that. It's to help you to have that positive attitude in the davening, at least. The minimal. That's why it should never be skipped. So now the next stage is look at this. Torah is gematria. We have 100. 109. Okay, now add the 200. That's how much? 309. And now 400. 709. With the word itself, 710. Rabbi Avram ben Rav Nachman, he brings this out in the book called Chochma Ubina. Take a look. Take Rabbi Nachman's name himself, okay, but open it up. So you have Nun Vav Nun Nun, Chet, Chet Tav, or Chet Yud Tav, and then Mem Mem, and then again Nun Vav Nun, add it up, so that's 50 plus 6, plus 50, you don't have a 56, 50, Chet 8, 10, 400, okay, Mem 40 and 40, and then again, 56, 50, it's exactly 710, like the Torah. Meaning, why is this brought down? That I know, again, this, look at the concept here. On my own, it's hard for me to dive in. I need a boost. I need a light of a tzaddik to help me to dive in. Ktoret is your key, your plug to this specific tzaddik to enhance your davening. And the davening, why, why shachrit at the beginning of the day technically? It's fine, there's chatzot, we get up chatzot, slichot. But the technical day begins by most people, by the Jewish world, is by shacharit. The ktor at the beginning of the day, beginning of the, of the davening, is that the whole day go with this light of this tzaddik and this simcha that's active. He's Nachman ben Simcha, right? He's the son of Simcha. The idea that they spend simcha, that, that's the goal of this tzaddik, to infuse us with simcha the whole day, because that's your key to make the day. To make it to the day is the positive attitude. I, but I can't. I'm just so down. Negative. Ktoret. Ktoret is your key, your gateway to activate the light of this tzaddik. So again, this whole class was just for one point. Uh-huh. Say the ktoret. Get into the ktoret. Yes. Yes. When we say the ktoret, we, we, you know, if you break it down, I'm sure all of us have that at some point. We're reading about the certain service in the Bible. The bright thought. The bright thought of the ktoret. Exactly. And, and Mixing this and mixing that. Yeah. And uh, okay, so when you study it, you kind of understand it. Comes with time, you start to say it routinely, and you kind of forget. It, it's it's in my mind, and I'm, I'm just playing advocate with you here. I'm, yeah. I'm sure the advice of Abenu is 100%. Right. How could, how could us just simply saying a couple of paragraphs? is going to turn me on to be It's still very far fetched. It's, it's exactly far-fetched. the same shock that the general of Moab had when Elisha told him to dunk seven times in the Jordan River. What did he say? What did he say? He said, how could seven dunks in this river purify me from my leprosy? You know, we have better rivers. I came all the way from, from the Euphrates, the Pachpah, instead of listing all these fancy schmancy rivers and lakes he has where he came from. He came all the way to Israel to get healed from his leprosy, the general. And what did the little maiden, a Jewish Slave, a slave said to Elisha, said to the, the general, if Elisha's telling you to do it, and do it. Rabbeinu brings this down to say sometimes that Sadiqim say something which is so simple to do and has major, the same thing, they say repercussions. It has major percussions. And that itself begins to give you doubt. What? This tiny thing? I'm going through something which is a heavy load, and this little joke is what's going to help me? The answer is yes. <laughs> Again, another example. That's what Ketorah does. Ketorah is phenomenal. You'll see, Bezat Hashem, that the more you say the Torah, the more you daven about it, the more you integrate it into your life, the more you'll see that you're, you're going through easily. The day is changing, Bezat Hashem. Okay.
This was the first part of the class. Second part now. All this was a summary of points from Rabbi Nachman's lesson number 24. All these points of the simcha, the mitzvah, everything is taken from the Kutem 1 lesson 24 and the commentaries on it, everything developed out about this. We present to you, I think for the first time in 200 years, something called the 40-day challenge in lesson 24. Before this, I have to explain to you how this unbelievable book works. Likutei Moran is totally unique in that as you learn it, as you learn this book, you begin to activate it in your life. Your life. Meaning, you begin to see things changing in your life based on what you're learning. Even though this is technically true for all the Torah, for the Dafyomi, for Chumash, for Mishnah, Midrash, Halacha, but you need tzaddik x-ray vision eyes to be able to see how the Daf Yomi today is connected to what's happening in the world. Why is that? I know it's also the, mid, the Chumash Rashi, the Parsha. Why do you have, you, have to, you have to struggle to connect to the Torah in order to see its light in your life? This is Torah study in general. Chassidut, and in particular Rabbi Nachman's teachings, he takes from the highest levels of Torah, even beyond the Kabbalah, and he brings it to your doorstep. He brings it to you. It's not like you now are going towards the Torah, which is your challenge. You know how it is to learn Adaf Yomi, to learn Chumash Rashi, Halakha. You have to concentrate, you have to direct your eyes, you have to think, you have to invest. But by Chassidut, it's so pleasant, it's coming to you. It comes your way. And this is the one thing, but more than this, like I said, <coughs> You begin to see things happening in life. All of a sudden, things that were not happening before, when you start learning a lesson in Likwiti Imran and you work at it, like you chip at it, you begin to see things happening in life. But what we do, okay, so what? I want to change. You guys see things happening in life. But I want to change. I want to work on myself. I want now to bridge my potential to my actual. This, Rabbi Nachman teaches, is done by a second stage, which is called La'asot Mitorot. To transform, to redecipher, to re-express the ideas of the Torah teachings of these tzaddikim of the Hasidut, in particular Rabbi Nachman and his teachings, to now re-express these ideas as a springboard in prayer format. This combination of Torah and prayer exists only two places in the entire Torah: in the Chumash itself and in this book, Likutei Moran. The Chumash has five books: Bereshit, Shmot, Vaikra, Bamidbar, Dvarim. The Gemara says and the Midrash says, corresponding to these five books of Moses, King David wrote the five books of Tehillim. What, and the other tzaddikim along with King David, or ten tzaddikim in total, that wrote together with, 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 with uh, David the Melech, the book of Tehillim. What does that mean? That means that King David and the other tzaddikim, their cries and pleas in Tehillim are to fulfill what's written in the five books of the Chumash. The, the cries of the five books of Tehillim correspond to the five books of the Chumash, meaning they're davening to fulfill what's in the five books of the Torah. When he's, he's crying about Moab and Ammon and Amalek and Pleshet and Tzor and all the enemies and Shaul HaMelech running after him, all these cries in Tehillim is because there's a blockage in fulfilling what's written in the five books of the Torah. So these prayers are on the Chumash. The only other book we have in the world of the Torah that has prayers on them is this unique book called the Likutei Moran and the prayers Rav Nosin wrote, Likutei Tfilot, on the Likutei Moran. You may say already, I daven already. I say Tehillim every day. I say my Shaharit. I have my Seder and Tfilah. These prayers are totally different. They open you up and they express you better than you can yourself. They take the words right out of your mouth. 
Sometimes you, have, you don't know how to express yourself and you only need to You see that Rav Nosen in his prayers, he's opening you up better than you can ever do it. Okay? But what's needed is to focus on it. To take it and to go over it over and over again. So we've prepared here two PDF files. One is a PDF file of the actual lesson followed by the prayer. However, since the average person to learn Likute Moran is still a bit too hard because you get carried away with how Rabbi Nachman talks. He says an idea and then he brings a proof to it. He says another idea, another proof, another idea, another proof, and then he brings a proof to connect all of them. And you're busy trying to understand the proof text to what he's saying. He brings a concept. So you have to have a learned background for the Likute Moran. And if you do now start to learn it in that level, and you begin at that level, you get sidetracked of why you're learning the lesson. I'm learning the lesson for the advice contained in it. Rabbi Nachman himself knew this, and he instructed his disciple, Rabbi Nathan, while he was still alive, in the year 1806, 1807, he said to him, I want you now to take all the practical advice that comes out of each lesson in my book and arrange it in point format. This is what's called the Kitsur Likute Moran, the abridged Likute Moran, which is as potent as the Likute Moran because you're reading the concept of these ideas which you won't find anywhere else. That he's bringing these ideas to you. Like we mentioned today, the Simcha, the Ktoret, the Bracha, the, the intellect of God, the Da'at, the being able to be Simcha and handling the challenges of life, all this is in Lesson 24, in the Bridge Lesson, okay? So we have one PDF form, uh, file with this entire lesson, Hebrew and English, the prayer, Hebrew and English, and we prepared for you guys a 40-day chart. Why 40? What's 40? 40 is a very unique number in Judaism. You have, for example, from Rosh Chodesh Elul to Yom Kippur, preparation of 40 days of Stichot and Tshuva as a preparation for Yom Kippur. Moshe Rabbeinu's 40 days, he said, Arbaim Yom, Varbim Laila, Lechem Lo Achalti, Maim Lo Shatiti. I was for you Jewish people to activate forgiveness for the golden calf 40 days, 40 nights. From this, Rav Nosen took his basis to say the following. Rabbi Natan said the following. He said, the best way to get something in moving li in life is to dive in for it 40 days straight. When you have a 40-day unit for anything, for anything, it opens up the doors. So we took a 40-day chart, the breaking up this one lesson, that's it, it's one lesson and one prayer, going over it in different formats. It's too long sometimes to say the whole thing. So this is broken up half a day, a third a day, a fourth. I challenge you to experience Rabbi Nachman at this level. This is something which has always been there, but no one ever presented it in this format of giving it a chance. What, you, what you're going to see is the following. Or you will see this lesson activated in your life and changing already. Or it will begin to open you up to begin to see the changes. Or it will activate other things in life that you weren't working on, but are the prerequisites to get to this that you never even pay attention to. This will open your eyes to the other items. But if you do it, it is going to make something to move in life. And even if, let's say, one day you have a wedding and a bar mitzvah, I don't have time to do it, at least the day should go by with prayer con connection of Hashem on these topics so that the 40 unit stays complete. Even if you're going to be now doing 42 days, 42 days because you missed a few days and you're extending it, but yeah, at least you have the 40-day bulk chunk connected from every day, even on Shabbat, to do these requests. You know, you're allowed to ask spirits to the Balatanya writes clearly. And I'll go into another detail. That on Shabbat, it doesn't mean not to have personal requests. That's on physical bracha, parnasan, everything. You're not supposed to ask for these things on Shabbat. But spiritual requests go all the way, all the way. 
Rav Natan, he told his son himself, Rav Yitzchak, say these prayers also on Shabbat. Just skip wherever there's chatati, aviti, pashati, you know, sin, I did that, confession, that you can skip. But the other parts of the requesting of Hashem, this and this and that, and ktoret and simcha, and shechina, and everything, that you're allowed to go all the way. So we have here two files, the PDF on the 40-day chart, and the other one on the actual prayer and the lesson together. Okay, I'm giving it out. It's Sigratuyev, obviously. Uh, please contact me. Uh, this is being recorded, so I have to say this, okay? Contact me by email. Uh, that's Breast Love Therapy, B R E S L O V Therapy at gmail.com, or by WhatsApp. It's 732 800 1863. Give Rabbi Nachman this chance to tap into parts of your neshama that are dormant until now, parts of you that you didn't know exist. When you do this 40 day thing, it's going to be activating things that it's not scary. It's not, oh my God, what's happening? It's an energy level that is dormant in you that you weren't using all this time. Parts of your potential that you're not using, let this tzaddik, through his Torah and the prayer of it, give it a chance. Give it 40 days. You have nothing to lose. It's a, it, it doesn't take that long. It can take 15 minutes a day, 20, 30. It depends how slow, how fast you want to go. 40 minutes, an hour. It's up to you, obviously. But give this a chance. You heard Rabbi Nachman's advice on a very superficial level until now. You may have been to Uman, you say Tikkun Akrali, but this you haven't done yet. To dig in one lesson for 40 days and give it a chance. Give it a chance. See prayer as you've never seen it before. See insights into yourself from the Torah of the Tzaddik that you've never seen before. Develop a direct connection to this Tzaddik. See what he can do for you. Bezot Hashem. We should be zocheh to have simcha in our life. Ktoret, ktoret, and the awe of this tzaddik activated in our life so that you know that you're not alone. When you serve Hashem alone, you're mamash alone. But when you have a tzaddik, this is why you need a tzaddik today. You can't say, oh, I have my art school seder, I have my art school dafyomi, art school kumash, and I have my local shul, and shalom alay nafshem, okay. It doesn't work. It doesn't work. You need a tzaddik to bring you the simcha.